Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Before we get to the program, want to let everybody know just a little statement from us regarding uh, our friend Jade, uh, the guy with the vision behind it all. Uh, was involved in an accident a couple weeks ago. Uh, has been in the hospital since. Uh, his family's not looking for help. Doesn't want a lot of attention to it, but we thought we would let you, our listeners, know and the people who have supported us and supported Jade for so long. Uh, just to let you know why he hasn't been on the mailbag, why he hasn't been on a couple of the other podcasts right now. Uh, all of our prayers, all of our love are with him and his family, and uh, we're pulling for him. And uh, uh, obviously, that's our guy, right? That's our guy. We love him. We want him to uh, to be better. Yeah, that's our super producer. We love you, Jade. Hope you get back on your feet soon. And we hear those dings. Uh, so send your love, your prayers, your thoughts, your vibes, your juju, your dings, all of it. Send it over to Jade and his family. And uh, he would want us to keep going. So on to the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros, of course. I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambre, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Nando Vila on the west side. What's poppin', brother? Pretty good, man. Just uh, wrapping up uh, season for the holidays. Nice. Uh, are you going anywhere for the holidays? Are you hanging out? You going to New no, York? I'm going to be here, and then for New Year's, um, New Year's Eve, I'm actually going to Palm Springs. Got a house out there. Got a couple of yeah. people. Um, not nothing crazy. It's literally six of us. It's not going to be a banger or, you know, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be a rock star party where we break everything in the crib. It's, it's going to yeah. be a nice, regular, quiet little New Year's Eve. Um, cause as a, like what my experience here in LA is that nobody really gives a shit about New Year's Eve here. Yeah, it sucks. It's not a New York or Miami type of, well, I mean, it closes at two. So you yeah. can't do like a big party. At a you know, place, at a, at a club, yeah. So somebody has to I, take the sacrifice. One of the one of the craziest New Year's that I 
ever did in Miami. How do you close like, a club at 2 a.m. on New Year's Eve? That is insane. It's by law, dude. They have to. Um, but yeah, the, the I, I saw Belle Biv DeVoe perform at the wow. in Miami. Wow. That's fire. <laughs> we went to like fucking 6 in the morning. It was great. That is um, that is incredible, man. Um, next time I see you, I gotta talk to you about my Miami trip. Just a, just an absurd yeah. city. Just, a, just you, mean you a, don't want to do it on the pod. You mean it's not for that stuff? No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think we could do what we was doing in Miami. And no, that's not that's not suitable for the pod. But um, you know, just want to get into a couple of things. We're gonna get into some more World Cup coverage. Um, as you guys know, me and Nando. Thoroughly locked in, thoroughly into um, enjoying yeah. what's been happening with the World Cup. Uh, Stacey Abrams, she's landing on her feet. She always seems to like a cat. Uh, yep. I want to talk about Stacey Abrams and just 20, 2022 political maneuverings is just so funny um, in how they operate. But first, man, uh, Want to talk about this Yemen resolution that Bernie tried to pass, uh, where it's just like, yo, uh, we're not doing that. We're not aiding the Saudis in their vicious ass war against these poor, innocent people. Um, there's no reason for it. It's obvious. Um, even Biden at certain points was just like, yeah, maybe we should ease up on the Saudi help, as you know, after Jamal Khashoggi and all of that stuff. But of course, and shouts to my man Ryan Grimm, who I'm a, I'm a um, reader of his newsletter. He's like, yeah, the Dems stepped in. They made the White House specifically made Bernie succumb to their will. And you know, this, this story is interesting for a couple of reasons, Nando. To me, one, what's hilarious about this is that. Making war abroad is one of the things that the president can do unilaterally. He don't not even not legally, not legally, not legally, but it's just what they do yeah, now. Like they do. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if Congress um or Bernie or progressives or leftists or whoever just like, no, don't do this. And or they whip up the vote somehow, which they wouldn't, um, would wouldn't be able to, but like it it, it actually wouldn't matter. You know, um, because the president can basically go out and make war wherever the hell he wants to, right? Um, I, I think that's that part sticks out to me in that this is like one of the places that Biden can act unilaterally, and you know that they choose to do this anyway. It, it makes you sort of wonder why. But then you know the other part of it is just how hawkish these cats are, right? Um, just how deeply enmeshed, um the sort of war-making apparatus of the country is. And I go back to something. I want to shout out my man, Daniel Bessner, um, and American Prestige for pointing out um, that I thought was just quite astute, is that the, the military-industrial complex has to always be justifying themselves. Like, they're self-aware enough to understand that we're getting record levels of funding and spending like every year we break the record for how much is being spent towards our industry and our existence and they're constantly looking for ways to justify that spending and their existence and it manifests itself in this fake cold war against china which again like 
it's it's no different than a civil war. We are China. China is us. It's, it, as American business interests are concerned, I don't see how we could. I I I can't say this. Like we can't go to war with China. We like we can't. We're we're too um, intertwined with their economies and then with us too. It's 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 both ways. It's not like China is not getting yeah. a shit ton of economic. Um, you know, uh, benefits from their relationship with American business. That's obvious in the West, just um, at large. But yeah, this is just when I, when I see shit like this, where it's like Yemen, it's like we can't sit Yemen out. You know, like we we have well, to be involved in this. It's just I mean, to it's me, I just think Saudis, about that exactly because the Saudis want us, and you know. The Saudis really have us by the balls because of the oil, right? Like they could easily just drive up the cost of the price of oil, which has gone down and gas prices. I don't know if you noticed, flaws have gone down mm-hmm. um, and like no one talks about them anymore. Remember like, uh, you know, six months ago to a year ago, it was like Biden's gas prices, Brandon's gas prices going up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the Saudis use that threat like explicitly to U.S. presidents. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to drive up your fucking oil prices if you if you don't do what we ask in to, to suppress this uh, quote unquote rebellion in Yemen, um, which by the way, like the war is causing the largest humanitarian crisis in the world, famine, disease, all kinds of horrible shit that is just unspeakable. And we're fully supporting it. We're actively aiding and abetting in it. It's, you know, it's like, I mean, again, like it's these hypocrisy arguments, like only go, only take you so far, but I mean, Think about you know how many people have stood for the cause of 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 the Ukrainians <laughs> vis-a-vis the Yemenis, you know, and there's a million reasons for that. You know, Ukraine's in Europe, and we feel closer to Europe. Like mm-hmm. Yemen might as well be on fucking Mars, like yeah. someone can point it out on a map. Um, and you know whether they're white, they're whatever. You know, a million reasons, but but mostly it's because the action is taken put is taken being taken by an enemy state which we don't like, which is Russia. But when a state that's an ally does it and we support them, like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? The, the arguments that the Saudis use to justify their military action in Yemen is the exact same arguments that the Russians <laughs> use to justify What their are their action. arguments? Can you enumerate those in Yemen? for us? Yeah. There's a, there, the, so the, what they say is that there's uh, these, like, Houthi people, like, the there's, like, it's like an ethnic uh, rebellion in yemen these houthi rebels as they call and the them. russians are saying like uh nazis neo-nazis nazis in ukraine okay exactly. yeah yeah and, okay and that they're saying that these houthis are are tied to um iran essentially and that iran is like the great enemy of saudi arabia and that they can't be trusted and blah blah blah. so you russia says that ukraine is full of nazis um and they need to protect you know they need to suppress the i mean like that's the exact same thing it's the yeah, exact same it's totally thing you know, um, to substitute a couple words like Mad Libs, and you're you're right there. It's the exact same thing, you know. But again, you'll see people with the Ukrainian flag in their fucking Twitter bios and shit, and we're sending billions of dollars to to fight the thing. And you know, when when the exact inverse is is true, we just completely take off our our moral calculus, you know. Um, so I mean, it's it's that's it's as simple as that, really. Like there, you can't really you know twist it any other way. Um, it's interesting that Bernie's been trying to stop this war for a while um, through congressional action. Um, the White House is fucking slapping his wrist uh, constantly. Uh, the press secretary 
um, for the White House. Uh, I forgot her name, the new one, you know. Bro, they uh, changed they changed them things yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had the black she, Haitian chick. Is she still there? Is it still the I think she's Haitian the same. It's, the, it's, still the, it's still her. Okay. So your, your, sis, your Haitian sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, shout out to the Haitians in America. Dude. Hey, it's great. listen. Um, yeah. Hold on, man. What's that woman's name? Let me look this up for you. Just a quick sidebar, y'all. We just had the first black president in the history of Harvard, Harvard. a Haitian yeah. American woman named Claudine Gay. She married outside the community, last name Gay. That's um, right. But yes, the, go on. <laughs> the press secretary is called Karine Jean-Pierre. Very <laughs> Haitian. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that is, whoo, Lord have mercy. That is as Haitian That is as like John gay. Smith in Haiti. Yeah. Yes, um, um, Dr. Dr. Gay, uh, distinguished scholar of democracy and political participation uh yeah she's um she's the new president the black first black president of harvard university um you know your haitian sisters are crushing it dude right crushing it yes black girl magic haitian edition yes queen i texted my man pascal robert um who you know great haitian himself uh one of the people that exposes yeah. this dui dui dei farce he's just like yeah, yeah yeah we'll destroy your country of origin but yeah look we'll lift up yeah. one of your people to this very public and prominent position it's great isn't it what a great trade-off the destruction yeah, of an we'll entire country and tens of millions of people and you know one lady gets a nice job at harvard We'll force you to pay reparations to the French for enslaving you, uh, and yeah, then invade your country and occupy it for two decades. Uh, you know, off, <laughs> it's fantastic. You know, install dictators and our former president to use it as a piggy bank. It's it's great. It's it's just um, it's amazing. Yeah. But you know, shouts to oh, yeah. Claudine Gay, first black president at Harvard, Haitian American. Salute. But yes, continue, oh, yeah. Nando. But yeah, so. Uh, you know, it was unclear whether, like, even if the resolution passed, whether Biden would have vetoed it or not. I think it's probably likely that he would have. Of course. Um, and just the sad state of affairs. I mean, the Bessner talks about it a lot. How, in theory, in the Constitution, Congress can only declare war. The president cannot declare war. You know, the uh, the Congress has to declare war, and that hasn't actually happened since, like. I think World War Two. Yeah, it's got to um, be. Basically, once the Cold War started, these these folks is just yeah. like, yeah, let the president do whatever the hell he wants. That's it. Yeah, and then even even post uh, War on Terror, like post nine eleven, they use this thing called the AUMF, the Authorization of Use of Military Force, or something like that, um, which like the Congress granted just just to like respond to nine eleven. They just use that for everything. You know, uh, it's like what that a lot happened, dude. We gotta go fucking kill people in Niger. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. 
You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not gonna find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. <laughs> you know, um, man, 9-11, people don't remember 9-11, do they? Uh, yeah, no, nah. they, 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 they don't remember the, the insanity and hysteria, but man, like, you know, it, it's definitely been an inflection point and not, it's, it's all related. Like all of this shit in, in Yemen, like you bet your ass, some of the, the justifications are quote unquote thwarting terrorism like anti-terrorism yeah. like 100% part of that justification how they sell this thing to to the american public is like oh there's these terrorists in this country called yemen in the middle east and it's crap obviously yeah it's funny there's an a funny anecdote um you know cuz the 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 real kind of driver of this war from the saudi south saudi side is this guy the mbs mohammed bin salman which he started it Back when he was the defense minister before he became kind of the crown prince or whatever yeah but they've and been doing this this saudi thing since the obama administration i want to say maybe since 2015 the, baby yeah since the Ob and one of the hugest blights on obama's presidency is all the nasty you know drone shit they did in yemen like whoo it, it's 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 in the top two and it might not be two as far as atrocities and and just fuck ups during his administration that that one he's gonna have to wear a black guy he's gonna have to wear forever as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah no absolutely but yeah the so but uh, apparently when when the war started uh defense minister at the time mohammed bin salman met with the john brennan who at the time was a cia director and mohammed bin salman told him that he would that there were that he was confident the saudis were going to finish off the houthis in a couple of months and Brennan says, I looked at him with a rather blank stare and wondered to myself what he had been smoking. Because <laughs> um, the Saudis, notoriously terrible military, they only have, they can only, they don't have any soldiers because the, the, the if they had to draft actual Saudis to, to fight in any war, they would lose to total legitimacy and the regime would mm. crumble because no one actually likes them. They just kind of tolerate them. But if they have to fight, they're like, no, I'm not going to fight for you. What the fuck? It's like, this so is they have crazy. To, like, but they do have money, so they hire these mercenaries from, like, Colum especially Colombia, but other countries. So really the Yemen war is being paid for by the Saudis, fought by Colombians with air support from the United States. Like, that's basically wow. the dynamic. Um, so, yeah. Um, just a grim, you know, just, you know, just seeing Biden, the administration... Yeah, Bernie's doing his best to fucking try to stop this. Like he, he's trying to find a way to do it where where at least the at least you know he can get some Republicans on board uh, to sign off on it, and at least in a way that the White House doesn't veto it. Which what he has to do is find language that is narrow enough 
that it doesn't kind of also implicate the U.S. Yeah, because the, the effort in Ukraine is untouchable. We're doing that, yeah. period, no matter what. We're going to make war. We're going to send, we're going to spend trillions of tax dollars. Well, not literally trillions, but you get what I mean on, you know, defense spending, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and we're going to make make sure uh, the defense industry gets fat off of that war. So, yeah, don't even think about getting in the way of that, Bernie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, you know, eh, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, um, just just the just the, you know, sort of status quo over there. We did want to hit on that. Um, you passed along a great uh note uh talking detailing um Stacey Abrams just got a new gig with Discovery Plus. She's doing a reality show with Selena Gomez, um fresh off of getting her ass thoroughly kicked. Up and down the state of Georgia, Georgia, excuse me, by Governor Kemp. Um, yeah, she she falls right into the money pit. She will she yeah. will fall on a bed of money with reality TV shows like, bruh, the way this woman has leveraged zero she's the master electoral wins to, you know, progressive celebrity stature and just all around like, yeah, I'm the shit. Um, what's great about what you passed me, Nando? She she took credit for Warnock's win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just it's 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 incredible. If I was Warnock, I would be like, ah, yeah. what? You know, <laughs> like I'd be so angry. She just got like she didn't just lose; she got crushed. Yeah, she got. But she destroyed. lost by like seven points in yeah. a polarized, you know, electorate where the Democrats are winning in the Senate. Like yeah. Ossoff and Warnock are the Demo <laughs> are the senators from fucking Georgia are fucking mm -hmm. Democrats. You know, in a governor race, she lost by seven points. Yeah, like come on, you know, you got crushed. Like get out of here, you fucking contributed to Warnock's win. If anything, you were a dr you were a drain on Warnock. Maybe he would have won on, in the first round against uh, Herschel Walker. Had, if had you weren't on a ballot. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, she's she's become this sort of liberal hero, and she is so good at self promotion. It's incredible, and now yeah, she gets a dope check from Discovery Plus, who is trying their darnest to gut my favorite streaming platform, which is HBO Max. But that's a, yeah. that's a story for another day. I know that's that's big in your business, Nando. I know you're watching oh, yeah. that with a keen eye. Um, oh, yeah. What those damn suits is doing to the best streaming platform ever, by the way, yeah. um, as far as making content is concerned, is, is crazy. But yeah, it just reminds me of just like liberal grift, right? Um, and... Look, I don't know Obama's kid. I'm sure she's probably at least kind of talented. But when I oh, heard yeah. she, when I heard she got a job on Donald Glover's writing staff, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Gee, and they call this shit the meritocracy, Nando. <laughs> like this yeah. is what they call it, the meritocracy. Like, like, like could, could anybody reasonably assume or believe that this this young woman wouldn't have a job with Donald Glover on his prestigious TV show if she wasn't this guy's son? It's just, it's just the cycle, entertainment to democratic politics. It's just nasty to me. Yeah, I mean the other the other uh, interesting thing about this is that. Um, all politicians now 
just want to do Netflix deals. Like that's all they want to do. They want to do content. Like there's no more politics to be done. Like since when did politicians and former presidents become producers? Like Obama and Michelle, now what their job is is to be producers. Like they're not even they're not, that's like what they're doing. They're making movies and they're making fucking TV shows and documentaries and they just got nominated for two Emmys for like some fucking children's animated show that they did. You know, um, Hillary and Chelsea Clinton are producers now. Like they're, you know, they had, they had an Apple show where they interviewed like other women and shit. Um, they, you know, that that's what politics is. And Stacey Abrams, dude, you got to hand it to her. She is an expert at playing the game man. she is playing the game better than anyone. She claimed credit for single-handedly turning Georgia purple. Like she just yeah. completely rode. That, that was way. me. I did that. Stacey you know, Abrams, me. Even though she's never won anything, you know, like how is she better? Like how is she more responsible for that than the literal senators who, right? The, the, the actual races, campaign you know? apparatuses that got Ostroff and Warnock elected. She's yeah. not more responsible than them. If that's the case, she would have got herself elected, which she didn't. Again, she got creamed. How many MSNBC wine moms would recognize Stacey Abrams over Raphael Warnock? Man, I would say most of them. I would say probably yeah. 55%. No doubt. I would say and, even more. Like, the Stacey Abrams is way more famous than yeah. Warnock, you know, mm -hmm. on a national level. Um, and it's just, it's interesting. But, so but Stacey Abrams is doing the views. She's doing the yeah. views. She's doing um, MSM. She's, like, all over the place. She's she's a celebrity, bro. Yeah, but while not never winning anything. it's It's just... It's it's purely like she she understood kind of a certain liberal desire to uplift like a black woman, you know, in politics, a, a certain kind of black woman. You know what I mean? A polished, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you know, like the, the certain kind, like a safe black woman, if that makes sense. Yeah, Not yeah, like yeah a, of course. A problematic one, you know, who. Yeah. Um, and and just has has like ridden that wave for years. It's it's amazing. And now she's doing this thing where she's. Claiming credit for Warnock's race, uh, distancing yourself from her own failures, and then cutting deals with, with Discovery to produce a Selena Gomez uh, docuseries about music. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? That, is, that is just like <laughs> the fucking expert level. She is she's she's the best, man. Um, and again, it's it's like whatever. I'm sure she's a nice person, but like it's important that we recognize these figures for who they are. Like when they thrust these people in the spotlight and they tell us that they're these great, you know, champion of people, <laughs> you know, um, it's important to recognize what the real is, man, what they really in this shit for. And, and God bless Stacey Abrams, but my God, the next time somebody hits me with some black girl magic, yes, queen shit about this woman who was just like, bro, all she does is self-promote and enrich herself. Like, give me a break, bro. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we can move on from that. I just wanted to hit on that because just the the audacity of that statement where she's just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm off of that. I might even run again. But, you know, I'm just proud of stuff that I did, like help get Warnock elected. I'm like, yo, stop it. Um, All right, quickly, quickly, quickly. We wrongly predicted that Brazil would win the World Cup this year. Yeah, shows uh, how much I know. Shows how much we both know. Uh, give us, uh, first of all, the Moroccan story was incredible. 
absolutely loved that story. And they gave France everything they could handle, honestly. I thought that was a pretty well-fought match on their part. But, uh, yeah, man, talk about the magnitude of Lionel Messi and Argentina in the World Cup final against France. Uh, and what this, you know, what this means for Messi, what this would mean for the Argentines. Just like, yeah. give us a little just like context for this. Nando. Well, I mean, I think if Messi wins, it's super important for him because if Messi wins, he probably ends the GOAT argument. You know, it's like, over. he's the GOAT. Yes. Yeah. pretty over, goat. you know. It's tough, pretty tough. over realistically by like any yeah. objective yeah, yeah, yeah. measures, it's over. Yeah. But like people like me, I don't want to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he he would convince the Stugatzes of the world that he was a goat. Exactly, uh, and uh, <laughs> and so there's that. But and then there's on the other side is France, who won it last year, and so no one has repeated in a long, long time. Like it's yeah. not easy to repeat. Um, I think Brazil in the '50s uh, is like the last team to repeat. Um, that just doesn't happen all that often, and it's it, pretty impressive to just get to back to back finals. I mean that that happens a little bit more, but you know it's still super rare and. Winning would be just incredible achievement too. The thing with France is like you look at their squad and they have so much fucking talent, and you and you watch them play and you feel like they're just not even playing to their full potential, mm-hmm. like that they're just kind of like fucking around, around and, <laughs> and then they pick their spots and they score a couple goals and then they beat you and you're like shit. They didn't, they didn't look that good. Like at one point the Moroccans were like just coming in waves, you know, yeah, dominating possession, holding on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, but, but whereas Argentina has a very limited uh, squad, and but they have Messi, and Messi just kind of is the deciding factor and has been the deciding factor in so many games uh, in this World Cup. So, yeah, man, it's going to be a fun one. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm picking Argentina. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I think the Blues are going to do it. They're going to repeat. Uh, I, yeah. I I just I it's have tight. to root for this because one they have the most black players of any non-African nation, and uh, and yeah, and and two, uh, I just don't want, I I just want to see Messi lose his final, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his yeah, final yeah. match for for country, yeah, yeah. heartbreaking fashion on the biggest stage possible. That's what I would like to see. That's our show for today. We'll see you guys next week. Please become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings. We're out of here. Peace, y'all.